Hello and welcome to the ETOF 21 Sports Podcast for April 22nd. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF 21 Sports. You can find my work on Twitter at ETOF21. On YouTube at ETOF21 Sports. Like, subscribe. Come on, guys. Trying to grow. Uh, Instagram at ETOF21 Sports underscore. TikTok at ETOF21 Sports. Yeah. How is everyone doing today? Like I said, I'm trying to grow, grow that YouTube channel. Trying to grow that Twitch channel at ETOF21 Sports as well. If you guys could give that a follow, give my podcast a follow on Apple Apple Podcast or Spotify, that'd be greatly appreciated. I'm really going at this whole live streaming podcast thing, trying to help you guys make some money. And greatly appreciated, like, subscribe, all that jazz. Like I said, I'm trying to help you guys. And it is a great time of year to be a sports fan. We have NBA playoffs going on. We have NHL playoffs right around the corner. Kentucky Derby two weeks away. MLB, NASCAR, UFC, tons of action going on, and I'm here to help you guys make money. For today's podcast, Sterling from Silver Star Sports is coming on. We're talking NFL Draft. USFL Gym comes on, and we talk USFL Week 1 and give away our Week 2 bets for the USFL. I have five bets. And, yeah, and Brandon comes on and talks NASCAR. So we have a great show today, but a couple things. Number one, as you guys have known, last two weeks I've uploaded – the whole video of my podcast to YouTube. What I'm going to do instead is I'm going to start loading up just the different videos. So I'm going to have three videos, three guests today. Like I said, Sterling, his part of the podcast where him and I talk about the NFL draft, there's going to be a video for that. When Brandon comes on and him and I talk about the NASCAR race in Talladega, He's going to come on. We're just going to talk about that. There'll be a video about that. And lastly, when XFL Jim comes on and we talk to USFL, there'll be a USFL video. So we're just going to break it down like that. I think it makes more sense instead of boasting one two-hour video, which you guys are kind of like, why would I sit through that? You guys just want to see certain parts. Just makes more sense. Also, I'm going to be posting my player props on TikTok and on YouTube Shorts Daily. That way you can see what player props and everything I'm doing, 10 and 3. So going very well along with that. And then my whole NBA card will be on BTV every day when I'm with Gino and Kyle talking through the slate. Um, If there's anything else, it'll be on my YouTube or my Twitter account, or I'll be posting on BTV. It's stuff's easy to find. If you guys want to know my plays, I have people message me all the time. I always give them away. I don't charge anything. I feel it's pointless to charge. I did. I used to charge. Yeah, but it was a pain in the ass because what would happen is case in point. Early this morning, I locked in a play in the Hawks game. The line moved. The value's gone. Well, I would send a play out like that. Four or five hours later, people would message me, oh, dude, it moved this far. What should I do? Well, dude, you should have fucking answered your message and put in the bet when I told you to. Now the value's gone. People would whine and bitch. I just decided this is way too much of a headache to me. I'm here to help you. I'm not here to listen to you complain about stuff. So with that being said, like I said, everything is free. Ever have a question, let me know. In terms of sports betting, someone asked me, how do I deal when I have a losing streak? Uh, Case in point, NBA, uh, rough last two days. And I look at it, I sit back, I look at some stuff, I rewatch the games. Did I have some freaky stuff happen? I had some freaky stuff happen. It's not like I'm losing the bet and I'm on the quote-unquote wrong side. Uh, Case in point, I looked at shock quality. I should have won every single bet, uh, what would it, Wednesday night. I lost the under, the over, excuse me, in the Bulls, Bucks game. Shot quality had that going over. Lost the Raptors plus two and a half. Shot quality had Raptors winning that. Lost the Nets plus the three and a half. 
shot quality out of winning that. So I just kind of look at that, and then I kind of rewatch a, the game, and I kind of see, was I right, was I wrong? I just don't watch the the box score, because if you look at that, you need to understand that watching the box score isn't going to do that. You need to make sure that you watch the game, or at least are watching key parts of the game to understand what happened. Anyone that's touting they won that 76ers game three is a fucking moron. You got a fucking lotto ticket, and you're a bum better because you made a wrong bet and you win. Sometimes it happens. That's happened to me, but I don't gloat about it. So, yeah, it's really interesting for for me to watch these people, these quote-unquote cappers. It's kind of funny. Um, In terms of NBA, there's big news today. The Hornets fired their coach. For me, this screams of a team that had higher expectations. They went, got into the playing game this last year. They weren't ready for that smoke. They got destroyed. Same thing happened this year. No Gordon Haywood. Ball and Rozier bundled up. Defensively, they're a liability. But in terms of player development, Bridges has gotten better. Washington has gotten better. I'm still not a Ball fan, but has Ball improved? Yeah. Yeah, he's improved. He's gotten better. So I think this is a little bit of a panic move by the Pacers. Kind of reminds me of when the – no, not by the Pacers. Excuse me. That's my analogy I'm going to give. By the Hornets when the Pacers fired Nick Vanilla. That kind of reminds me of that. That was the big NBA news. But, yeah, we got a great show today. Make sure that you like, subscribe, was it ranking, thumbs up, thumbs down on YouTube, whatever. But, yeah, we got a great show. So let's jump right into it. What is up? It is that time of the podcast. We're talking NFL draft, one of my favorite times of the year. He's been a what do we call it, social media friend. Yeah. Social media friend for the last year, year and a half, two years. Sterling, a.k.a. Silver Star Sports. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing awesome, man. I'm excited to have uh, talk football with you. I know I haven't really been putting out draft content, and I haven't really seen your opinion, so I'm excited to talk back and forth to see where your head's at. Just so everyone could take it in, we're, we're doing live right now on YouTube and Twitch. This will be on my podcast. And Sterling is rocking the old school chargers lp jersey i mean like i i mean i can go dust off my calvin johnson or my carlo <laughs> rogers one i mean for my lions but uh you know that uh you know i i, I should address the part so that's my bad um, <laughs> i gotta say this is one of the top five jerseys of all time I feel like this powder blue yeah yeah so like i'm in my office area right now i will give you a hundred dollars cash i'm looking at my three autographed jerseys that i have framed if you I can get like you me this too, but I forgot. I got three um, of them, dude. Mitchell Trubisky. No. No. Nah, I got uh, uh, Stafford. Stafford is one of them, yes. Okay. Um, like recently played or like how long ago? The, the other two are playing in the NFL. One's a quarterback, one is a, a media offense, meaty defensive lineman. Uh, damn, I'm not going to get it. Uh, Vida Vera. Oh, Vida. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do remember you saying that. Okay. The Bucks. And the new one to the addition, my new favorite starting quarterback in the NFL, Long Deck, Davis Mills. <laughs> How'd you get a Davis Mills son? Yeah, you know what? Um, one of my friends, she lives in the Texas, in, excuse me, Houston. She was doing something for the Texans. 
she knows how much I love I I like Davis Mills and she, she got it for me. She came through. So oh, that's clutch. That's a good connection. Props to her. Um, so we're gonna dive into this NFL draft. I'm gonna pull up this um draft simulator on PFF. We're just gonna dive into it. So let's enter the draft. We're gonna be drafting for every team. We're only gonna be doing the first round. So on the clock are the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um they're interesting to me because I feel like they tagged um, Cam Robinson. They brought in the offensive guard from the commanders, which is going to take forever for me to call them that. Uh, they signed some wide receivers. I wouldn't say top-notch wide receivers. I feel pass rusher is the only area that they really didn't address, and that's the way they're going to go here. What do you think? Yeah, it certainly seems like um... – Aiden Hutchinson or Trayvon Walker is going to be the pick right here. Um, it's before we get too into it, it's a super interesting draft because last year around this time, uh, Trevor Lawrence's odds to go number one were like negative 3,500. Whereas I looked on DraftKings today and Aiden Hutchinson was only negative 200 to be the number yeah. one overall pick. So it's super unpredictable draft. Um, but based on the Jaguars' moves, it certainly seems like Hutchinson's going to go number one or Trayvon Walker, one of them. And you made a good point. Like, I really feel like this draft class, besides the wide receiver position, is kind of lacking. Mm, yeah. You know, I kind of feel a little – I don't feel as high as it. Um, yeah, I have them taking Hutchinson here. Yeah, agreed. So let's go Hutch right here. We'll go Hutch to the Jags. They get that pass rusher. Next, it is my Detroit Lions. And my note – right here for the lions is i don't know what they're going to do but they're going to mess it up uh, so, oh, so much faith <laughs> um you know they, they obviously need a quarterback the linebacker position is is a weakness they need help in the secondary and they need some pass rushers and we've seen like bringing in a pass rusher like a bosa or young what can do for a defense my only thing is i don't know if they're going to go weaver i don't know if they're going to go um the kid from oregon who's you have a lot of stuff saying he doesn't fit the culture the Lions are trying to create. I just hope they don't draft Malik Willis there just because I'm not that high in him, and I think they can get a quarterback later. What do you think they do here? Um, Knowing Dan Campbell, I think he's going to want somebody that can um, – the line play is super important to him, so he's definitely going to draft like a an edge rusher, I feel like, here. Um, also, I don't think the Lions situation is good for a young quarterback to come into. I say keep building up that roster and then draft a quarterback next year. Or you have that um, pick at the back end of the first round to grab a quarterback. So we both agree pass rusher. So I guess, you know, that's that. That's what are we going to do? Are we going to go the kid from Oregon? Are we going to go Weaver? What say you? Um. What do you think is more likely to happen? You think they take uh, Trayvon or Dipito? I think they go. I think they go Walker. Okay. I think they go Walker just because of all the reports coming out, mm-hmm. saying the kid from Oregon they don't see bad fit. I'll be honest. If they could move back here to pick five, and then pick up like an extra third, maybe a second, I would love that. But realistically, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to take use this pick um my worry with walker is the sample size is really small you know what i mean it's not like it's been that consistent um 
Yeah, I, I say they're going to draft Walker. I don't think they're going to go with the kid from Oregon. Yeah, let's go Walker here. I will say it's a super interesting thing with him because I feel like before the combine, he was a second round, a firmly a second round guy, and then his yeah. testing numbers just shot him up. So I'm a little hesitant uh, to draft him if I had a top five pick, but uh, I see the upside. So. All right, so we'll go there. Now, Davis Mills is going to lead him to the promised land uh, this year. And I love how it says, like, every, like, positional needs. It says everything. You know what I mean? There's no, it says everything here at PFF. Um, this is what I think. I think that to build a football team, you need to build from the inside out. You have to go with line play here. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the, um, what's his name? Uh, Tassal, Tussil, the, the left tackle, they re-up. But let's face it. That offensive line wasn't that good. Right now, you're going to be starting Davis Mills. You need to give him protection. I think they go offensive line. I actually have him projected to take Neil. Who do you have? What do you think? I've seen a lot on them liking Aquanu too. Um, I feel like it's going to be a tackle here. I just don't know which one. Uh, we can go either. Or. Uh, what do you think? Um, let's go Neil. Okay. So we're going to go Neil. Boom. Fourth round. Now, this is where it gets interesting. There's a lot of the Jets need a wide receiver one for their young for their young quarterback. Um, there's rumors going around. Debo wants out. Uh, AJ Brown wants a new contract. Or he wants out. Same thing with Claire McLaurin. Do you think the Jets here could make a move for one of those wide receivers? Because they're rumored to be in the Tyree Kill. It's certainly funny you say that because recently I just placed a bet on them to draft Garrett Wilson with this number four pick. Um, I think he's a long shot for it, but I think they like him and they know that they need to get someone for Zach Wilson. So I wouldn't be surprised if they take a wide receiver here. Oh, I see. Okay, because they have what they have another pick coming up. They have four and ten. Four and ten. That's funny because like I think I have them taking a wide receiver at ten. Okay, let's. We can go. Oh, no, no, we'll, we'll go with. We'll go. What do you have, Wilson? Yeah. All right, so we will go Garrett Wilson going to the Jets at pick number four. Boom. Now we're going to go to the Giants. Um, now, this is what I think for the Giants. Their O line was awful. Andrew Thomas made great strides going forward. I think they look to build that offensive line and get the trenches set just because you look at it. Their defense wasn't that bad last year for the most part. It was their offense that struggles. Yes, I know Barkley was hurt. Yes, I know Jones was hurt. But I feel if they add an offensive lineman, they'll be building in the right direction. What say you? Yeah, as a Giants fan, even though I'm wearing a Chargers jersey, I feel pretty good about this draft. I feel like they'll get two quality players in the first seven picks. Um, They definitely need to address the O-line situation. So whether if that's one of the tackles between Aquanu, Neal, or Cross that falls in the draft, I think they're in a great position to take one of them. Uh, and then number seven, they can address something on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, Ahmad Gardner, Derek Stingley, one of them if they're still there. So I think the Giants are in a great spot. Um, based on how we have the board right now, um, I'd say we take uh, – you say cross. You say you say we go tackled. Yeah, let's go Equanu here. 
All right, so let's go. Let's go Aquano. Boom. So now we go to the Panthers. Now this is my thing with the Panthers. I know there's been a million rumors that they're going to draft Malik Willis. I don't know what your your scouting report is on Malik Willis, but the stuff when I've watched him play, he's too predictable. When he goes to throw, he pats it. You know what I mean? And you can't do that at this level because that's a top. That habit he's been doing forever. He also couldn't get in the starting lineup at Auburn and had to transfer to Liberty. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of red flags with this kid with me. And, I like, I don't mean to be mean, but that's just the reality of the situation. I think this quarterback class compared to last year's and compared to the years coming up, I think it's insanely weak. Mm-hmm. Um, so, with that being said, I would like to see the Panthers go offensive line here. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, Malik Willis, I understand the upside. He's got the arm talent. He's got the athleticism. But when you watch his tape, there's so many times where I'd see him put his head down and run instead of hit looking downfield, and he'd have, like, an open man running open. And he's not going to be able to scramble around just like that in the NFL and evade sacks. So there's a lot of flaws in his game. I wouldn't take him with a top-10 pick. But who knows? The Panthers might be desperate. Matt Rule might be trying to save his job and, like, arguing for a quarterback. Um but yeah, I'd love to see the Panthers take an offensive line because that offensive lineman is or that offensive line is terrible right now. Um, you want to go cross here? Let's go. Let's go cross. Let, let's go cross right now. So we're gonna go cross going to your New York Giants, man. Um, next one, we're down, we're back. Oh, sorry, cross to the Panthers. Now we're to your Giants. That's my fault. I got a little excited. Got a little excited, man. Got a little excited. Now, is this where you see them go after a pass rusher? Because if they get that pass rusher with that secondary, I think we got something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I certainly think they go pass rusher here. Um, I like Aziz Anjulari, um, but I don't think he's a number one guy. So they definitely got to bring in a guy who has the potential to be a number one. Uh, and Kayvon Thibodeau is going to slide. It certainly looks like that. So let's go Thibodeau here. Okay. All right. So let's go. Let's go Tibbs. Now, now we're to an interesting pick. We're to the Falcons. Um, now they lost Gage. Gage went to Tampa Bay. They lost um, Ridley for the gambling stuff. We're at. They need someone in my eyes to go with Kyle Pitts. I know they need offensive line help. I know Mariota is not the long-term answer. I know they need help on the D line and help and help in the secondary. But I really feel like this. They need to get a wide receiver, and it, it being such a copycat league, we saw all these wide receivers do well. Jamar Chase, Jefferson, two years ago that were drafted in the first round. I think they go wide receiver here. Yeah. If you look at the names in their wide receiver room, it's one of the worst wide receiver rooms I've ever seen in the history of the NFL. Um, so I definitely think they look at receiver here. I just hope for Falcons fans' sake, they don't like think about Malik Willis or uh, Kenny Pickett because a young quarterback in that situation, uh, not ideal. I'm not ideal. So let's get them some weapons before you take a quarterback maybe next year. No, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm looking at my stuff right now. I have Drake. London, because Willis, well, I had Willis as my top-rated wide receiver. I have London as my number two wide receiver. Do you think they go London here, or do you think they go Williams, Burks, Overlay? Do you think they go in a different direction? Um, 
I have them either taking Williams or London. I definitely think they take a receiver. Um, but London's your number two on the board, so let's go London. Because I kind of feel like Williams did get hurt, so that may kind of drop. Yeah. We'll go Drake London. Now we're to the Seattle Seahawks, who made an interesting trade, trading Russell Wilson. You and I haven't had a chance to talk. A, what do you think about that move? I say tear it all down. I know it feels like the Seahawks are going to do the Seahawks thing and try to remain competitive. But in that division, with that roster, I don't expect them to win too many games, especially uh, Pete Carroll. It looks like the game's starting to pass him by. Um, and without elite quarterback play, I don't see them doing anything far or going anywhere far. Um, yeah. Now, they're going to have to be facing Stafford twice, Kyle Murray twice, um, whoever's starting for the 49ers twice. That's a pretty good quarterback division. To me, it makes sense you start rebuilding the secondary. The two top DBs are sitting still on the board with um, Stingley. God, I can't talk at all today. Or Gardner. Um, I have Gardner rated as my number one. Who's your number one uh, cornerback? Yeah, Gardner's my number one as well. So let's go Gardner here. All right, we're going to go Gardner here. Now we're back to the Jets. Now we had the Jets taking taking, um, Wilson in the first round, getting – Wilson, Zach Wilson, their quarterback, a number one target. Where do you think they go here? Do you think they look to to take a cornerback because Derek's still on the board here? I mean, we got Hamilton still on the board here. Um, or do you think they look? I think this this linebacker core, I think it's a little too early to draft a linebacker. I'm really high on Devin Lloyd, um, but it just seems like he's not going to go in the top 10. So I definitely think the Jets should address corner. Um because they were thinking about it at four. They definitely would think about it at 10. Stingley's still, still on the board, so let's go Stingley here. Now, we're see, I like the football team. I like that name. And now they're like the freaking commanders. Like, Yeah, I don't know. You went through a year to change it to the commanders. It was like, that's it? Yeah, I don't know. So I don't know what they're going to do here. They they tried to trade for any quarterback they could. The best they could do was Carson Wentz. Um, the O-line, you need a solid O-line to protect Wentz. But I really feel like, you know, we have the top three tackles off the board. We can't really take a tackle here at this position here because if the, if you're going to take offensive line, you can move back a little bit. Um, Scary Terry wants a new contract. I feel that they do need to get him a running mate and maybe to take um, Williams here from Alabama. I do. I agree with you 100%. I like the kid from Utah, Levy. But again, I feel 11's a little too early to take him, and you can you can get him a little later. What what do you think they'll do here? Um, it certainly seems like the Commander fans want a wide receiver. I've seen that in like a lot of their uh, mock drafts and team discussions uh, that they're really clamoring for a wide receiver. Um, I think Lloyd would fit in perfectly with that defense, but yeah. It seems like they're certainly leaning towards receivers. So you want to go Jameson Williams here? Yeah, let's go Williams here. Now, this all hinges on their ability to re-sign Starry Clary. That way they have a good one-two combo and give Wentz, um, Wentz some weapons. I don't think they're going to draft a quarterback because we saw what a mental midget Wentz is. If you have someone behind him, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. mentally, the guy's soft. So we're taking Williams here. 
Next, we got the Minnesota Vikings. I don't know. Like, to me, the secondary is a nightmare. Just a complete nightmare. Zimmer's not there anymore. You have a new coach, new system. Hamilton was high on everyone's board because of his 40 time and him not just being like, a, how can I say, a, an athletic stud in anything. He's fallen down the board. This was a guy that was rumored could be going the top three. He's sitting in an eight. Viking secondary is a nightmare. Do you think they look to go there or do you think they look to draft uh, to get the uh, edge rusher from Purdue? Uh, just like in positional value. Um, in a lot of my mock drafts, I've had um, them taking corner Trent McDuffie out of Washington. Um, but I'm down to experiment with something else. Uh, edge rusher is a more important position than safety. So we could definitely have them taking George Galoftis here. Okay, so let's have them take Kloftis here. Because you know what? You, you're going to need – because you got um, you got Fields, who's an electric. You got Rodgers. Um, you got Jared Goff, who's a just a stud. <laughs> so you got to be able to get to the quarterback. So, yeah, let's have him take old Georgie here. Um, get that edge rusher. Now we're back to the Texans. Um, you know, they, made, they hired Lovey Smith. And I'll say this about Lovey Smith. This guy is a good leader, and he's able to make minimal talent overachieve. He runs that cover two system. We got Hamilton. We got McDuffie sitting on the board. The secondary is obviously a need. Do you think they take one of those guys, or do you think they look look to go in a different position? I think um, since their needs are practically every position, they kind of just take the best player available, whoever that is, on their boards. Um Considering that they also lost one of their best players on defense, Justin Reed, as he went to the Chiefs in free agency, um, I think they can replace him with Kyle Hamilton. All right, so we're going to go Hamilton here. Boy, that's a fall because he was projected yeah. to be a top three pick, and now we have him going 13. What's your thoughts on Kyle Hamilton? Like, I know he fell because of the 40 time, but in your opinion, is he like a top five player in this class? Is he like a bit overrated? Like, what's your thoughts on him? I think a lot of these players, it's all going to depend on scheme and system and coaching. I mean, if you were to go to, like, hypothetically, if you were to fall to 14 to Baltimore, oh, my God. Just, I think that's an, I think that's a home run right there. Yeah. Um, I personally think the discussion around Kyle Hamilton, um, the lack of blue chip talent in this class made people overrate him a little bit in the start of the draft process. And now people are starting to come around that he's still a really good safety. Yeah, but he's not this elite generational prospect. Oh, there's no way. I yeah. I, I agree with you 100 there. I think it just depends. Like him, it depends on coaching and where he ends up. Um, but I mean, I think how can I say this? I don't think he can be a like you said. I don't think he can be like a year in, year out. Um, uh, pro, like present, like what what what's the word? Generational bowler. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I think he could be like a a digs Quaytomont. We come on like a digs, the guy that used to play for the Lions, the guy that yeah, used to yeah. play. I think I think that that's realistic for him. Um next guy, next we're going Ravens. Ravens were a nightmare last year. I mean, it's I mean, Peters, um, the running back, oh, his name Dobbins, like it's yeah. they're just a walking ACL injury, which was awful. I mean, they they got so many injuries, but they're still in position for a playoffs. Obviously, D-line, secondary are some needs. Uh, McDuffie is sitting right there. Do we take him at 14? 
Yeah, I actually love the McDuffie kid. I feel like he's got a very, very high floor. Um, I feel like if he were just a couple inches taller, people would be talking about him for a top 10 pick with ease. Um, so, yeah, I think he can fit in super well. Baltimore has a good job developing corners. Um, let's go Trent McDuffie. So we're going to go Trent McDuffie here. Yeah, And another note I'll add is I think people are super low on the Ravens right now because of how last year ended. Um, but I think you, now is a good time. You can play some Super Bowl futures on the Ravens as they get people back healthy. Um, uh, people are thinking about the Cincinnati Bagels who went to the Super Bowl. Deshaun Watson went to the Cleveland Browns. I think you can get them at a really good price right now. Already there, my friend. Already locked them in at 21 to 1 right after the Super Bowl, dude. Great minds think alike, man. Already there. Um, but I agree with you 100%. Like, in terms of betting wise, they, I think they offer great value. And I think the Bengals not to make the playoffs and the Bengals under um, win total make an insane amount of sense. Um, here we're at the Eagles. Now, here's the interesting thing about the Eagles they always mess this up. And they made a real interesting trade with the Saints. Like, I really don't know what the Saints were thinking. We'll get to the Saints next. Uh, Eagles have some issues um, in the in the secondary and the linebacker. Our boy Lloyd is right here. Do you think this is where they take him? Yeah, I think they would definitely consider McDuffie if he were to fall one pick later because Eagles always need secondary help. But in this case, Hamilton and McDuffie are off the board. I think it's slightly too rich to take uh, Andrew Booth right now. So I think they go Devin Lloyd, and they'll see what's available with that next pick. All right, so we're going to go Lloyd right here. Now we got the Saints. Now, as I mentioned, the Saints made that really, like, head scratching. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand that trade at all. But it makes me think that they have a plan. I just don't know what the hell that plan is. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure it out. At first, I thought it was like to trade up for a quarterback, but then 16, we, we know with the NFL, um, you can't wait for your quarterback at like 16. So it's not for that. If it's for a tackle, the top three will be gone. Um, maybe they love Raymond or Penning, but personally, I'm not too high on them with pick 16. So I don't know what their plan, their master plan is, but um, they know better than us. So who knows what they do here. Now, do they – because Armstead's gone, right? Arm, Arm Armstead's out. Do they do they do they take a a quarterback here? Do you think they take a quarterback? Yeah, uh, my three options for them are quarterback. I think Kenny Pickett might be in play here. I think wide receiver, especially because we don't know Michael Thomas's situation, that they might consider that. Or like I said, the two tackles with. Uh, Penning or Bernard Raymond from Central Michigan. So one of those routes, if you want to go, you decide. So I have little birdies. Like you and I, like what you and I are going to do next year is you and I are going to go to Indianapolis for the combine. (laughs) But what we do is we don't go to the combine. There's a, there's, I think it's like Ellie's Steakhouse. We go to Ellie's Steakhouse. We post up at the bar. And then when all the scouts come in, we BS with them, and that's when we find the juice. That's <laughs> when we find it. Yeah. Now, I don't get me wrong. I like I like the kid from CMU. I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. He's got some tendonitis and the knee issues, mm-hmm. and I think he's gonna fall because of that. 
Um, I don't know. This is a tough pick. I really don't know what they're going to do. I mean, Willis is right there. Do you think they take Willis? Who do you have bet higher, Willis or Pickett? I personally have Pickett higher. Um, but actually, it, my quarterback rankings are a little like different from everyone else's. I pick it as three and Willis as four, actually. Um, but I know those are like the consensus top two QBs for most people. The thing with uh, Pickett that I noticed a lot watching him is he would just bail from clean pockets like all the time. Uh, there'd be nah, there'd be no pressure on him and he'd just be rolling out all the time. And it was just like, all right, uh, that's not going to work at the next level. That's not how it works. Here, here are my quarterback rankings, and you're and you know me. I do some crazy stuff in my quarterback rankings. Yeah, I have Desmond Ritter one. Really, Ritter six for me. That's I have Ritter one, Willis two, Matt Crowell three, Sam Howell four, Kenny Pickett five. Okay. And this is this is my thing with Pickett. He was in high school for five years. He was in college for five years. You know what I mean? And we saw in the USFL, if you have small hands, the ball's just easy to bat, get batted down with what was happened with Michigan Panthers starting quarterback Shea Patterson. Mm-hmm. I just, I think Pickett has Buster in all over him. That's just me. I think I, if Pickett is to succeed in the NFL, I definitely, well, I'd feel a lot better drafting him if I was a team that played like indoor um, and didn't have to deal with severe weather conditions like a New Orleans. Um, going back to quarterback rankings, I have an, un- or an unheard of quarterback number one, actually. I think Carson Strong, when I walked out of Nevada, when I watched him, he was the best quarterback or the quarterback that had the best tape for me. He is dealing with knee issues, so he's going to be drafted in like the third, fourth round. But when you watch it, how he plays, he really had some great arm talent, like Justin Herbert, um, Justin Herbert-esque. Um, and I think he put that Nevada team on his back multiple times. But I understand then, his knee won't. I have him at six, and I agree with you 100%. I have mm-hmm. him at six, and my my number one negative is knee. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's all I wrote, knee. Um. You mean this wide receiver class is deep? You know, we got Burks and Olave sitting right there. We don't know what's going to go on with Michael Tom- Michael Thomas. Yeah, I say we either go Olave here or Raymond. Um, your your pick, man. <laughs> um, I'm hearing that the Saints want to move up. They moved up to get one of the tackles, right. Raymond. So let's just go Raymond here. All right, cool. Now. We're to the we're to the Chargers now. Chargers draft they, they traded for Mac. Now they have a dynamic pass rusher if both of them can stay healthy in Mac and um, Mac and Bosa. But they just need to be able to stop the run, or they need to add a tackle on the other side. What do you think they do here? I think that run defense has just been so poor year after year. I think the free agent signing they had was Sebastian Joseph Day coming over from the Rams. Um, he worked with Staley back over there when Staley was um, a coach over there. I think he's going to help a lot, but I still think they need more. So I think they got one of the Georgia boys, Devontae Wyatt or Jordan Davis. I had yeah. Davis above Wyatt. Yeah, I do too. So let's go All right. Davis. All right, let's go Davis here. Now we're back to Philly. Okay. Uh, we had Philly taking 
Floyd, the linebacker, at 15. Now they're at 18. <sighs> this is another tough one. Like, I don't think they need a wide receiver here. Um, You know, secondary, they need someone to go with Slay. But do you really think there's going to be four cornerbacks? Do you think they're going to go after? I have Andrew Booth as my next cornerback. Yeah, Andrew Booth's my next corner. I would feel more comfortable taking him in the 20s range yeah. um, than 18. But corner is such an important position in the NFL that I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled the trigger a bit uh, too early. All right, so let's go Booth here, right here. So that brings us back to the Saints. <laughs> that brings us back to the Saints. And we had, so now this is probably where they'll draft the wide receiver. Um, yeah. Do you have, who do you have here? Um, my number two wide receiver is actually Traylon Burks. Um, but I've heard that they like the Olave kid. So. See, I have Burt, I, I have Burks for Olavi five. You and I both like Burks more. Let's, let's go Burks here. Okay. Now we're to the Steelers. Now this is for me, a, I feel that um, Trubisky is a good stopgap. Mm-hmm. I feel that if you draft a quarterback here, you'll be able to to get a better quarterback in next next year's draft class. Because I, like I've said, I'm not high on any one of these quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. But with what the Steelers did last year, drafting Najee Harris in the first round, where there is plenty of good offensive line tackle help, makes me think they're going to mess this up and take a um, a um, a quarterback. In my in the one I did over the weekend, I actually had him taking Malik Willis here. Yeah, I although I'm not super high on Malik Willis, I think this is one of the few spots he can go and have like some success because I think the Steelers recognize that he he's not ready to play right away and I think he can sit behind Trubisky for a year or two um, develop and then I think the Steelers never pick early I mean they continually have a winning record somehow some way so I don't think they're going to be um, have like a high draft pick next year to be able to take Bryce Young or um, CJ Stroud so I think here's where they get their quarterback um, he can sit and develop and yeah, he'll be ready in a couple years. All right, so let's take Willis right here. Now we're to the Patriots. And this is such a Patriots thing. Just sitting back at 21, chilling out, and you have Dean fall to you. <laughs> that will obviously a draft your linebacker needs. Um, you know, I I have him ranked two. In my linebacker rankings, I really don't think they'll go wide receiver here. I mean, do you think they'll go after overlay? Um, I kind of hope they don't draft a wide receiver just because Belichick's um, eye for evaluating wide receiver talent has been lacking. Um, yeah, they definitely need help in that linebacker room. So I think Dean's a good pick here. Or do you think they go uh, Jermaine Johnson, the Ed Rusher for Florida State? That is tempting. Um Honestly, we, the linebacker class, I could see them taking, like, Leo Chanel in, like, the second round. So maybe, I don't know. We, we can go either way there. Olave. Or, I, mean, I feel like you need to be able to get to the quarterback in the NFL. Especially, yeah. um, you look at the East. 
you have Josh Allen, who probably won or won a quarterback of the NFL. I'm not the biggest Tua guy, but they got him some weapons. So if he's going to succeed, now's the time. Mm-hmm. You have Wilson. They got him some weapons. He looked better than anticipated. So maybe they do go after edge rusher here. Okay. Right. You want to go Jermaine Johnson? I'm down. Go Johnson here. Um, now we're to the Packers. This is where I have Chris Overlay going off the board just because there's no one. They have absolutely no one, and there's no way they're going to be become just a ground and pound team, ground and pound team, excuse me, with AJ Dillon and uh, Aaron Jones. Overlay here makes all the sense in the world to me. Yeah, it definitely makes all the sense for them to draft a wide, wide receiver, whichever one's available there. Do you think the Packers actually do it just because they're so reluctant for whatever reason to draft the wide receiver position? I'll be honest. Like, they need something. I think they know that th- this window, this is it. They're, like, basically after this year, if they don't win it this year, they're done. Yeah. Um, And you have to think of it like this. If I were to tell you that that defense – in that game against the um, against the 49ers wasn't going to allow an offensive touchdown. We're going to hold both running backs for the 49ers under four yards of carry. You're, you, you told me they're going to win like 35 to three. Yeah. Um, so I, I think they need a weapon there because you can't roll out what, what who is MVS as your number one. Yeah. MVS, so, Amari Rogers. Yeah. No. I, I, I think they have to go overlay here. Now we're to the Cardinals. This is interesting for me. Just because we don't know what's going to go on with Kyler Murray. That's a big elephant in the yeah, room. The whole dialogue with Kyler this offseason has been very weird. Um, Like really weird. Like the whole thing, like stuff coming out, saying like he's disruptive in the locker room. I don't know. I'm just, it's it's really disrupting hearing what's coming out. Um, you know, cornerback is always a good one, but again, like, are they going to go? Is I don't envision five cornerbacks being taken in the first round. I mean, the kid from Elam is my next cornerback on my board. I don't envision that. We got Wyatt sitting right there. You need to be able to control the trenches. I think Wyatt added to that defensive front could be a good play. I definitely are, are in, I'm in the same boat as you. I definitely think this Cardinals team for years has been a very finesse heavy team and they've lacked that um, physicality in the trenches. So I definitely think they go either O-line or D-line here. I, I know we still got Tyler Linderbaum, Zion Johnson, Devontae Wyatt on the defensive end of the ball. Um, one thing I did see in a different podcast I listened to is Zion Johnson. He's like a smaller guard. From Bob would be good for uh, Kyler Murray to like see over him um, in pass protection. So, do you want to go offensive line here then? And oh. and uh, and Johnson, the kid from Boston from Boston College, that was the guy. Right. You want to go Zion? Sure, let's go Zion. Here. Now we're to the Cowboys. Um, this is my two cents on the Cowboys. And I'm interested to hear your two cents. They overachieved immensely last year on the defensive end. Um, Diggs 
got a lot of bounces to go their way, his way with the interceptions. I don't think CD can be a number one wide receiver. You look at his splits when Gallup wasn't there, he struggled. Uh, not Gallup, excuse me, Amari Cooper. Uh, I'm just not, I'm, I'm really down on this team. I, and then you have Zeke, who's not the Zeke of old. They need offensive line help because that offensive line take a huge step back. I, I, I think they'll go offensive line here. In mine, it's funny. I, this is where I had Zion Johnson going in mine. I had Zion going here. Yeah, I feel like Linderbaum and Zion are going to go like 23 and 24. I feel like it makes sense for either team. Um, so, yeah, they can go Linderbaum here or Wyatt because that defensive tackle group is pretty bad. I'm fine with either, honestly. So, what about the kid Penny from – Oh, Trevor Penny? Yeah. Um, I mean, do you think they go they go there? Do you think they go Linderbaum? Because, I mean, they just drafted a center last year. True, true. You know? um, yeah, we could go Penny. I feel like he will go first round. Personally, I wouldn't take him first round, but he will. Go. I wouldn't take him first round either, but I think that's kind of the issue. That You know what I mean? I think that's what they need. Um, now, I have an interesting pick here. I'm interested. Okay. I'm, I, I have an interesting out-of-the-box pick here. I think that the Bills, I understand, you know, it has defensive line. I think you need help in the secondary here. I think they go Hill from Michigan. I love that pick. I actually love that pick. I feel like those safeties getting old. I'm not really sure of their contract situation, but I know it's got to be coming up soon. Uh, they're probably looking for someone to replace him. So, yeah, Daxon Hill, he's super versatile. He's one of the top 15 players in this class for me. So, all right. So, good to see we're on the same board here. So, let's have him take Hill. Too. I mean, that was really, I don't know. Like them not being able to get a stop. Now this is now I know the overtime rules changed. This was my proposal for overtime in the playoff. The home team gets the ball first. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if it's in the playoffs, you should be rewarding a home team for having um, you know what I mean, for getting there. Have have them get the ball first as the reward for for having the better record to me that still was saying like if they score a touchdown it's over or like yeah like the whole thing like if they kick a field goal the visiting team gets a chance but they score a touchdown it's just game over mm-hmm. i think that makes most sense because then you value home field advantage but then also the game toward the end it'll be played a little differently like if i'm the visiting team and i know i'm not i'm i, I don't get the ball back the other team gets the ball back it's going to lead for me going for two more maybe you know, it'll lead to different outcomes, I feel, at the end of the game. A little bit more sense of urgency, if you will. Okay. Yeah. I think that's a pretty solid idea. I like that. Now we're to the Titans. The elephant in the room with the Titans is this. Are they going to trade A.J. Brown? What are they going to do with A.J. Brown? A.J.'s not coming there right now because of the contract. Not really contract dispute, but, you know, he just wants to get paid, and rightfully so. Um, you know, they do need an O-line help. Their O-line, they did lose some pieces. I don't the O-line's not going to be as good as it was last year. I and they also need an edge rusher. I this is an interesting pick. What do you think they do here? 
There's a lot of options they can go here. Um, have we taken Jermaine Johnson in this mock draft? I can't remember. Okay. Yeah, we had we had the Patriots. Okay, him. okay. Um, uh, I, this offseason has been wild with wide receivers. Uh, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Debo Samuel now, now A.J. Brown. Like um, A lot of disgruntled wide receivers around the league. I think if Traylon Burks was on the board, he would fit in that A.J. Brown mold perfectly. Um, I have seen other mocks that they take a quarterback to start preparing for the future post uh, Tannehill era, but then they also need help open the. Uh, I, I don't know if I take a quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I get it. I don't know if I take one here. Yeah, um, I don't know, man. Linderbaum's not a bad pick. I yeah. have them taking David Ojabo. From Michigan, okay. edge rusher, because I do feel they need to get to the quarterback here. I do like that because the Titans, their past like two or three drafts, they've taken a player that's gotten injured. He's kind of like redshirted a year. So, yeah, that would just continue with the trend. I mean, do you want to take Ojabu or do you yeah. think we should go off yeah. the line here? Ojabu is good. All right. So now we're to the Bucks. Now, this is my thinking. I think they need to get Wyatt. You know, Sue may not be coming back. Um, my boy Vita is always hurt. Um, but they did lose an offensive lineman here. Do you think they go offensive line? Do you think they go defensive line? I could really go either way. Both's a need. I think if they were in this scenario, they'd be pump, or pumping their fists because they get a good player regardless. Um, let's go – Devontae Wyatt, though. Okay. Now we're back to the Packers. Um, now, in mine, this is where I had the kid from Bernard from CMU falling to. This okay. is where I had him going. Um, they obviously need offensive line help. Um, you know, I don't feel, though, that Linderbaum, that they, that they need help at the center position, though. Mm-hmm. Um, what offensive lineman do you feel? I mean, it's just one of those things. Like, I feel there's no value right now on the offensive line board. Um, I actually like Linderbaum here. Um, remind, remind me who's their center again? Oh you know? my god, let me look because I know they let go let go of Lindsley. Uh, last year because he went to the Chargers. Um, but I don't know who they played last year at center offhand. Uh, I'm pulling it up right now. Joshua Myers. Oh, okay. You know, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, that's not a world beater. I mean, he's serviceable. I feel here, though, this is a good pick. So let's go uh, Let's go, Linderbaum here. Okay. I think Linderbaum, um, according to my grades, he's a top – 12 player I think I had in the class I think he's like this year's Creed Humphrey that's going to fall just because of positional value but yeah I have exactly I have him as a top 10 yeah. top, he's top 10 on my player rankings but again it's a center position it's not sexy then yeah. I think that's why he's going to fall to the back end now we're to the Kansas City Chiefs um, you know do they replace Tyreek Hill do they try to get some D-line help? Do they help in the cornerback position? Um, I actually 
I actually, and on mine, I had him taking Klein the safety. Okay. Like, where um, do you think they go here? I think they're definitely going to address the secondary with one of these two picks. Uh, in a lot of my mocks that I've done, I've had them taking Kyrie Elam. Uh, I haven't really thought about them taking a safety, but could, just because I got Justin Reed to replace Tiger yeah. Matthew. Um, but yeah, I don't think they replace Tyreek Hill. I don't think there's any value here right right now to take one of the wide receivers. So I think they look, especially with how deep this wide receiver class is, they can maybe look in at Calvin Austin in the second round. Or, so do you want to take the kid from Florida? Yeah, let's take the kid from Florida, and then they're back up on the clock. So, okay, year did, did I say his name right? Yeah. Okay, just, dude, I can't pronounce the names. Where <laughs> I like that. That's my one downfall in my life. Um. Now they're back on the clock again. What do you think they do here? Do you think I'm, I'm going to type in a player's name? Oh my God, where is he? Do we already take him? Dotson. Yeah, Dotson. No, that's exactly what I was thinking there. So uh, when you look at their wide receiver skill set, um, I think Dotson would fit in perfectly. With I think I, I, I think it makes a perfect sense. I yeah. mean. Now, granted, we're recording this on the 21st. This is, you know, we're a week out for the podcast, for the draft. We wanted to get this out early, put on the podcast, do it live on Twitch and YouTube. Um, I think, you know, if they don't make a trade, I think Dotson fits in great. Yeah. Now we're to the Bengals. Now this is where I had the kid from Iowa going. Yeah, that would be a dream fit for them. It, this makes the most sense right here. Um, obviously, I feel they're idiotic if they don't take a offensive lineman. But I'm just going down here. Like, what offensive lineman? Like, do you think they go all the way down to green? I think it's possible they select green. Um, they wouldn't be too happy if the board broke this way. Um, this is a nightmare for them. Like, yeah, this, no, like, this is like worst case scenario for them. Um, but I think green wouldn't be necessarily a bad pick. It'd just be a little rich in value, but uh, yeah. It would no, be disappointing. Still, you know yeah. what I mean? It would, it would be disappointing. Agreed. But yeah. So now we're to my Lions. Now, if I'm a lot, I'm a Lions fan. If Dean's still on the board, I may attempt to do my first backflip ever in my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? If, if, if this breaks this way, and we're able to get who I have as the 15th best player in the draft at pick 32, I'm a happy man. Yeah, and then also they'll, they'll be adding to that uh, defense with – who we have them taking in their second? Was it Walker? Uh, yeah, Walker. Yeah, so Walker and Dean, uh, those two guys get two, those two guys in there. Dan Gamble's going to be fist pumping. Uh, yeah. Okay, so let's take him – let's take Dean here. So analyzing, grading your draft. This is always this is always fun. All right. So I mean, look at. Oh, I'm not interrupting that, Pia. <laughs> but I mean, you know, just kind of looking how the board broke. We did have some surprises. Um, mm-hmm. Wilson going at four, little bit of a surprise. Um, you know, but that is a need. Yeah, I also think with Wilson, uh, it's possible. Like, who do we have them taking? Ten? Is it Stingley? I believe. We had them, yes. Yeah, so if they took Stingley at four and Wilson at 10, 
I don't even think that's like out of the realm of possibility. So, but the uh, only thing is, if they do that, the Falcons could have their pick a wide receiver. That's true, but they also might still like London because I know a lot of people are higher on London than we are. Uh, um, so. you know, then we got a pair of cornerbacks being taken. Um, NFL is such a copycat league, and like I said, I think this is going to be a wide receiver heavy first round. I think there's going to be a ton of wide receivers drafted. Uh, going down, uh, you know, the kid from Purdue, George K. I'm not even going to pronounce that last name. <laughs> that, like, that's a little high, but, you know, Minnesota's taking an, a position of need. Hamilton dropping to 14 is a li- 13, excuse me, is a little eye opening. Uh, and then, you know, in the second, in the back half of the first, I mean, I think Chargers fans would be ecstatic if they can get Jordan Davis at pick 17. I think that would be a great pick for them. Yeah. Um, trying to figure out what the Saints are doing. That's going to be interesting. Steelers take a quarterback. Um, Patriots always kind of reach, so Jermaine Johnson makes sense. But, you know, we got some interesting picks here. And if the, the team to watch, I think, is the Bengals, because if it does get in this vicinity, like 25 – and Linder Linderbong still on the board. I think they can move up. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and then Dean at thirty-two for the Lions. Like I said, if that happens, if Dean's at thirty-two, oh my god, dude, I'm doing backflips, man. <laughs> if Dean's at yeah. thirty-two, I think he's still. Yeah, I think it's a good possibility that he can be there. I think he's an undersized linebacker. Linebacker position isn't valued super highly. Um, so I could see him falling a little bit, especially because he struggled to take on run blocks yeah. uh, against bigger guys. So, yeah, I could see him out there at 32, and that would be a steal for your Lions. That'd be awesome, man. That'd be awesome. Sterling, dude, we're going to have to have you come on after the NFL draft is over. Sure. You're going to have to break everything down. I know you got a vacate to Chicago plan soon. Hopefully you and I may, may be able to connect. Um, why don't you tell everyone to find where to find you on social media and everything? All right, so have haven't posted in a while, but it is Silver Star Sports on Instagram. So Silver Star and then an underscore and then sports. Um, finally, fixing to graduate here in like a couple of weeks, so that's going to free up a lot of time on my hand. I'm also leaving my current job in the restaurant industry, which is crazy hours. So that's just going to free up a lot of time for me, um, and I'll be able to get more content out. I'm looking forward to reacting to the NFL draft. I know this one is super unpredictable, so I'm excited to give my analysis and reactions when news does break. So I, I can't wait. Like okay. I, I am excited for this draft. Plus, we have all these wide receiver questions. The, and it's funny, like the NFL, always going. I mean, yeah. you remember Final Four weekend, Tom Brady? Oh, yeah, I'm coming. Hey back. guys, I'm coming back. <laughs> remember me? Yeah, you know, I'm coming back. So. Sterling, thanks for taking time out of your Thursday morning. Come on, talk a little NFL. You know, I look forward to talking to you after the draft and, uh, you know, hearing your thoughts and everything, my man. We made it through week one of the USFL. And who better to come on, give his thoughts, what he thought about the games and everything. But more importantly, you know, there's money being made in week two. He's back second week in a row, almost almost a regular, almost almost that regular level here on the podcast. XFL Jim, how you doing today, my man? We're getting there. We're getting to that regular level, and I am ecstatic. I am so happy. Week one in the books. I feel like overall it was a pretty great week for me and for the USFL. 
couple hiccups, but those were those were pretty small and kind of funny in retrospect. Um, so I was looking, three million people watched. Yeah, opening night. Opening night we had three uh three, sub, three, three and a half, yeah. Really I mean crazy. that I mean think MLB would die to that many people like turning in and watching. A part and, of that does have to do with the fact that it was both it was on NBC and Fox at the same time. So that's like that was a really good move. But the fact like three million, huge against NBA playoffs. Come on. I mean, think I mean how much would MLB die to have that number? Or NHL playoffs. You know, it's just it's crazy. And it shows there's a market for football. I know a lot of people are giving it like quote unquote shit for like not having many people in the stands, but it was Easter. It was Easter, the weather delays and like just how bad the weather was is getting kind of understated. And if mm-hmm. we're if I'm being honest as a USFL fan, most USFL fans should have seen like lax crowd sizes coming yeah. with non stallions games. That that's the you sacrifice the crowd size when you do a hub city for really just focusing on the product and hoping for a good TV like audience. Which totally makes sense when you say it that simply. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you just have to outthink the room and it makes sense like Birmingham's gonna be there, but why from I don't want to say cinematic. Why show the crowd so much? I guess you can't really. You know what I mean? Like, why yeah, not? Football is one of those sports that you just like. You're always going to see the crowd no matter what. Yeah. Like you kind of. Spring league did a decent job indoors of not showing crowd shots as much, but you it's it's unavoidable. Now I I do expect like larger crowd size than we saw like Sunday and Monday. Obviously, I don't. <coughs> sorry, I uh, I don't expect anything. Like we saw opening night, Sands like Stallions games, especially if the Stallions continue to do well, I think they'll mm-hmm. still be able to draw a really big crowd. But I would, I wouldn't expect like nearly as bad as we saw on Sunday or Monday. I mean Sunday, it's, Sunday it's was a Easter. fun thing to do. Sunday was Easter, and I'm not gonna lie, like I had my my nephews thought it was great, my old man thought it was great, like the whole thing. They're like, oh, football's on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Football is just going to draw people in, and then you throw in the betting aspect, and the and the the DFS aspect. I mean, great. It, it just it, it it's something that's going to be there, and there's definitely a market for it. And um, I was watching you and Chase on um, was that Sunday or Monday night? Uh, it would have been Sunday. Sunday night, and you made a great comment. You were like, "People are going to there, there's NFL guys on the defense all over the ball. There's a ton of NFL guys in this league." Yeah, the drop from like an NFL guy to an almost NFL guy, it's not that big. Yeah. Like it's it's about the size of like what is like keeping some of these guys off the field to a practice squad level. Like there's there's not it's just that little bit that these guys need. Yeah. And they can, yeah, they just can, that they little bit more. NFL, just that yeah. little bit. Um so now a I need to talk about my Michigan Panthers. Shay, <laughs> baby hands, Patterson couldn't hold on to the goddamn football. Um, Paxton Lynch came in and Paxton Lynch look like you, you know, you get players that look the part. You just look at this dude. He looks the part, but this guy is God awful. He's not good. They, they're going to they, they better start Shay Patterson. Um, Patterson came back. Hey, that my first glimpse looking good. 
he he looked really good. And I thought at first glance, I thought that was a touchdown at the end. I did too. But unfortunately it was not. And they are the Friday night game. We got Friday night, Friday night lights. What is it? Clear, clear hearts. What is it? Full eyes, clear hearts can't lose. Exactly um, that. Yes. Um, we have the Michigan Panthers against the New Jersey Generals. Spread here is one. Over under is forty one. Um, you know, I'm really tempted to take my Panthers here, my man. I am. I am insanely tempted to take my Panthers here. That's not a bad play because I don't know, like. Are the generals going to do the dual quarterback system? Are they just going to stick with Johnson? Are they just going to stick with Perez? I don't know what the generals are doing. Honestly, I like the over here. I I don't think the generals defense is that fantastic. Mm-hmm. You either way, like I feel like this could get pointsy. I feel like if if Shea Patterson kind of gets into that rhythm, I feel like this Panthers team has weapons. They could be good. You may like another another great comment you made um, when you and Chase were talking was you said that there's going to be more scoring this week. Now, I there's some goddamn low totals here. I'm looking at it 41, 35, 35. So like 41, 41. The only one I'm thinking that like there's some real good defenses here. There's only really two overs I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. And it's this Panthers and this, and we'll get to it later, but it's that Breakers-Bandits game. Um, okay. Those are the only ones I'm leaning towards. Maybe the Stallions-Gamblers. Gamblers uh, Gamblers defense looked pretty good, I thought. I know that that's the thing. The Gamblers defense did look really good. And the offense did not look fantastic. So maybe stay away there. But, like, I, I don't know if I could find a total low enough for this Pittsburgh Maulers team. So, but I mean, here's the thing. I mean, just the gambler in me and like, you know, skipping ahead to that game. Um, the total is 35 and they're getting seven. Just math principle alone tells me I need to take the Maulers plus seven. They're really bad. I mean, I know it's it really that to me all comes down to a big coaching difference. I really, I after week one, Kirby Wilson has dropped to my worst coach in the USFL, like by a by a mile. Is that because you'd eat pizza instead of chicken salad as well? That's part of it. That's <laughs> definitely part of it. But also, who like him and Mike Riley? Mike Riley calling seventeen run plays in a row, and Kirby Wilson starting the game with what felt like twenty run plays in a row. What are you doing? Yeah, you got to open it up a little bit. Um. So you don't think the seven, you think I'm crazy to, crazy to take Pitt here? I don't think you're crazy. I think it could be like a really close game. The Maulers' defense looked really good. Um, and the Stars have shown that like they can, they, they play close. I oh, I might just take – I think I would take the Stars minus the seven, though. I don't know okay. if I trust the over-under, but I think the Stars are that much better. I'm, a, I'm still a big believer in Bart Andrus and Brian Scott. Yeah, yeah. And I am too. I mean, I think I think they win the game. But just the way I think, I just feel. Oh, like, if you're just going off numbers, yeah, it's yeah. hard not to see like a super low total, yeah, and a spread that big and be like, well, yeah. Um. Now, the gamblers. This was the thing that stuck out to me the most. I thought their defense was the best. 
Um, they're getting three against Birmingham. And the thing we need to remember about Birmingham is there's always going to be that home crowd aspect. Yes. Do you feel with the three that the hometown, quote unquote, hometown field advantage is tied into this this three and it's it's more of a pick if it's on a neutral? I would think so. There is the fact that like the Stallions and Generals were probably the most – them – those two were probably the most offensive, like teams besides the, the Breakers. So if I'm if I'm rating these offenses and how they looked week one, the Breakers, the Stars, and then like the Stallions and the Generals, those all had big points games. I think people are kind of seeing like the Gamblers' offense as good as the Gamblers' defense looked against the Panthers. Their offense to me looked just as bad. Like they did not look like Clayton Thorson wasn't super impressive. I still believe in him. I still believe that Kevin Sullivan can kind of do something. And honestly, against the Stallions defense, who I'm not super high on the Stallions defense, I could maybe even venture to say, like, the Gamblers might be like a money line play here. I like that a lot. And I've never. I really, I really like uh, Jamar Smith, though. Like, I don't think I've ever heard someone say a positive thing about Kevin Sumlin on my podcast before though. I think, I think oh, you just that's the other thing. That's like, I still can't trust Kevin Sumlin. Yeah. And I like the fact that the stallions kind of, they're the te- They're one of these teams that has their guy now at quarterback. It's yeah. not Magoo. It's not Mr. Magoo. It's Jamar Smith has the team. He was offensive player of the week last week. Mm-hmm. I think like the fact that they have their guy, I don't know. Yeah. That's a tough one. I mean, this is this this like this spreads like right on it for me. I might I might lean over and like think that the the gamblers get an offense together. So, but gun to my head, I'll, I'll I'd probably take the stallions. So right now we're looking at it. You're you're going. You you said you like you said you like the Panthers, as do I. I like the Panthers there. Uh, that's tough over, though. Over I under. Think, I like the over. I don't okay. in that game. That Panthers general game is also like that's just a coin flip to me. That's such a toss up. So might as well take the dog. Um the Maulers against the Stars. Give me the, the Stars. I do. Like- I these this Maulers team has not proven anything to me. So if you like the well, here's my thing. Like, if you like the stars, then you kind of have to like the over then too. I, right? I could see the over happening. Like I could see the Maulers defense kind of giving in the second half, and the stars kind of like actually Going with it, you saw it in the Stars Breakers game that the Stars could get downfield. Yeah, it's a good position. They just couldn't capitalize. They couldn't make kicks. They couldn't like complete certain red zone things. And I think that's a credit to the Breakers defense. I don't think the Maulers have that good of a team. And it's week two. I expect to see better performance out of this uh, this Stars team. So yeah, I I could go with the over there. Okay, and so I like the over. I like the Panthers. <laughs> Next, like, you're right. Like, this game right here, it's just important to remember everything's in Birmingham. There's going to be a pro-Birmingham crowd. You know, better defense, but a shittier coach than Sumlin. Yeah. I mean, but, it's arguable. I'm still not super high as, like, coach-wise on uh, Holtz. Now, here's here's another thing. Let me ask you this. At what point with the extra points – 
how do we need to factor this into key numbers? You know what I mean? Because now you can go for one, you can go for two. True. I don't. I don't three. expect a lot of coaches to be going for three unless they're in like a down scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like we, what we saw week one, we'll see similar in week two at the very least. A lot of conservative play calling when it comes to the extra points. So Which I, think I hate. You're still good with the regular key numbers that you see in football okay. for now. Mm-hmm. I, I think mid-season you're gonna you're gonna maybe see some difference, uh, some changes in that. Um. Now we got the Sunday game. Now the Sunday game. Best game of the week. See, I I could not watch the Bandits play, and that's what pissed me off because I that's the team I really wanted to watch play. Now what did what were the Bandits as advertised? Is my question. So they were good. Uh, like a lot of these teams, their opening drive, like we saw with a lot of these teams, opening drive game script was executed pretty perfectly. For a lot of these guys, uh, bandits looked fantastic opening drive. Jordan Tomba looked pretty good throughout. Um, and then just kind of when you, when they realized that the breakers weren't, uh, that the, uh, Maulers weren't going to be able to do anything. I feel like they kind of got lack, lackadaisical. They looked sloppy at times. I think that also is a credit to this Maulers defense being pretty good. Um, the fact that they never fully got like away, like they never, they never kept pulling away, but yet they no one at any point thought they were going to lose. So it was like a comfortable, low-scoring win. Mm-hmm. I thought they could have looked better, but I think they looked good. Okay. Now, you said this is the game of the week. Why do you feel that way? It's a and- combination of, I do think the Pandits, my power rankings have uh, the Breakers and Bandits as my top two teams. Okay. The Breakers came out and looked fucking amazing. Their defense looked stronger than I had anticipated, and Kyle Slaughter looked every bit as advertised in that second half. Once Kyle Slaughter gets time and can build a rhythm, he's a really good quarterback. And obviously everyone knows Jordan Tomu's. He looked like the most well-rounded and best quarterback in the league. Okay. For the most part during his game. These are the two of these are the two best teams right now. It's week two in a league that just started so we have no idea but these two teams after week one are my top two teams really good defense on the bandits great defense on the breakers and really good offenses on both i'm expecting a really fun game okay now i i like the breakers as well um so what basically how i interpret that from you is you're kind of leading breakers here i am leading breakers they were they're my number one team bandits are number two i could see the bandits this is like a coin flip game to me as well, so might as well take the dog. Give me the breakers here. Kyle Slaughter looked great. The fact that he's playing on Sunday again, I love it. The and the fact that the Bandits they get don't don't forget they get a short week now because they yeah. have to play Monday. Yep. So let's say this. Let's say our official plays for the week are. Let's go Panthers money line. Yep. Over thirty five. I'll go over there. Yep. Okay. <sighs> Jesus Christ, dude. It's tough. That's a tough one. Um, I mean, minus 150 isn't too bad. My safest bet would probably be Stallion's money line. Uh, but if you want to go one or the other, I'm probably leaning towards an over. Because I think the Stallions and the Generals have over. the two weakest defenses. Let's go over. So we'll go. You know what? We're We're going to bust out. We're going to bust out a Fab Five, okay? okay? We'll go Michigan Panthers plus 105. 
Yep. Over 35. Yep. Over 41. Yep. We'll take the breakers plus 125. Yep. And then I'm thinking we should parlay the breakers and the Panthers. How do you feel about that? I like it. I like that move. Just the only issue I have, it's like the Panthers, they have so much hope. Like I, the Panthers are generals. So like, I like the generals offense. They probably have the best running game in the whole league. Mm -hmm. The Panthers have a really good defense. Shea Patterson has a lot of potential, but as you saw in the first half, he could also lose the ball a lot. Uh, The generals have both two really good quarterbacks, but I don't know how Mike Riley is going to use them. There's a lot of unknowns in this, in this game. I'm fine taking the dog. I, I, I trust Jeff Fisher as a coach more than Mike Riley sometimes. And I think you hit it in the head. The one thing Fisher does good is coach defense. Yeah. And you, like, you made the comment. Riley, what, 17 runs in a row or whatever? The fact that, like, once they were up, he just yeah. transitions to playing not to lose. Yeah. I don't like that. That just sets this team up for failure. I agree. I, I feel if you have a chance to step on someone's throat, you step on someone's throat. And I hope, I, I hope at the very least they just pick a guy and go with him for the season. Yeah. Whether it's Perez, and I love Perez. Everyone knows I'm a huge Lewis Perez fanboy, so I hope it's him. But I also like uh, DeAndre Johnson. I like both these guys. But if yeah. you're going to go with one, pick one to be your starter. DeAndre Johnson is the better runner. He's the better athlete. Mm-hmm. I think he can make those intermediate throws. He was a little inaccurate downfield. Perez is better downfield. He's not as good on his legs. And then sometimes, like, his arm can't make it through a whole game every time. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Just pick one, though. Don't go with both. Don't yeah. Both. I, when you have a dual quarterback situation, that tells me you don't have a quarterback. That's how I look at it. Maybe they have, they have the roughest. Them and the Maulers, to me, have the closest quarterback battles right now. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the Maulers, we just don't know. They both look bad. I would say Love's a little bit better. Yeah. That's that's tough to really call. And then the Generals, like, they both look pretty good. Yeah. Everyone else is pretty much settled in, in who I think they're going on with QB. Okay. So you're saying maybe, – Maybe the Gamblers. Maybe the Gamblers, but I think Clayton Thorson's still a little bit better. So you say the Paxton Lynch era is over. I think it was over before it started. So, um, Jim – I'd like to thank you for, you know, playing her today, man. A little under the weather coming on. I'd like to thank you for coming on. Um, dude, I'm not going to lie. I learned a lot listening on Sunday night about everything with you and uh, with you and Chase. Why don't you tell everybody what you have coming on uh, social media this week? I wonder, first of all, I wonder if we'll be able to place bets eventually on the next player to get dropped due to food-related reasons based on United by Football. So We didn't, we didn't even, like, I, what did you think of the show as a total? Did you watch the, their, like, hard knocks? I thought, when I first watched it, I'm like, there has to be more to the story. Well, first There's I thought not- it was all fake. And then I was like, if this is true, there has to be more of the story. I, I yeah. can't, I... I'm trying to find someone to interview about, like, did you serve the chicken salad? Like, who who gave him the chicken salad? Who had the pizza? I want to know who had the pizza. Yeah, the whole thing, like, just doesn't – it doesn't make sense to me. You know what I mean? Like, A, where this pizza come from? You know, and I get it, dude. I admit it. I'm not a big – I hate chicken salad. I'll I'm say I'm not a chicken salad guy either. I, I hate chicken salad enough. And even though I'm not having pizza right now, 
you know, because, dude, I got six mother effing weddings I have to go to this summer, dude. I got to get in shape. But I would have pizza instead of chicken salad, so I totally get it. Oh, I'm, um, I'm 100% Team Davey on here. Yeah. And it, there's got to be more to the story. You know what I mean? There I, has to be something. I have no idea what's going on. But, like, for the rest of the show, I thought the show was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I thought the show was good, too. Um, So what do you have? When is the gymnasium this week, my friend? Okay, so what I got coming up, gymnasium Sunday night. We're going to aim for eight, but we just, we're just going to go whenever the last whenever the Sunday night USFL game is done. That's okay. when the gymnasium will happen. And then Thursday nights, just like tonight, I uh, I got my cooking stream. This uh, <coughs> uh, next week, next week is a good one. We had someone uh, suggest in the chat I'm doing a, a uh, traditional Argentinian veal. So wow. someone someone suggested it, and I 100% take chat mm-hmm. suggestions. So people check it out. Check out Cooking with Jim every Thursday. And I'm gonna have I, to check I, it I out. take audience suggestions. And then I, I mean, got my uh, my USFL week one preview dropping tomorrow morning. My week one, sorry, my week two preview, and then my recaps drop every uh, every Monday. So be ready for that. Yeah, it's great stuff, man. I learned a lot. You know, really good top notch intel. So make you sure you guys are following them. Jim, thanks for coming on, dude. Hopefully we can have you on next week, dude. Hopefully the schedules work out. We're hopefully I'm not like out. half dead either. I mean, yeah, you sound a little rough, dude. It's like, yeah, you're, it's, you're it's playing hurt, dude. You're you're playing hurt, man. You know, get you know, you you get my game ball for for this week's podcast, my man. I appreciate it. All right, dude. We'll talk soon, my man. Now let's shift our attention to NASCAR. What is up, Brandon? What's up, my dude? How you doing, man? Good at yourself. You know what, dude? Monsoon. I lost power a couple times here wow. in the Chicago, but you know what? I think it's going to be 65 tomorrow, so I'm doing doing pretty good, man. Good for you. Jersey's kind of lightened up a little bit, visiting up in New Jersey. Some nice weather. Been cold a few nights, but it's been nice today. Last time I was in New Jersey, I ended up in a bar smoking weed with Red Man. I did that last night. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that goes down. I've had a few nights in my life where I look back and say, shit, that was epic. That had to be it. That that I'll tell you what, that was one of them. Actually, that yeah, yeah that was one. You of them. can't top that. Yeah. Um. Hey, real quick though, we almost had the turkey. I know. Almost and had the turkey. We need to talk about that. A. Everyone and their aunt. Every driver's bitching about this race. Like literally, every single driver is bitching about the Bristol race. Like, what were your thoughts? Do you think they should have stopped it? Like, when there was that big rain delay? Like, what? Tell me what your thought process was. Is it, it, It's so hard to say because uh, just sitting back watching it, the racing was phenomenal. Even after the rain delays, the racing actually seemed to get better. But driver-wise, I get it. The track changes drastically when it gets wet. It's dirt. Um, still not a fan of NASCAR being on dirt in general. I just don't think it's where they should be. But um, as a fan, I thought the race was phenomenal. The ending with Kyle Busch winning after we talked about fading him all week was frustrating. But um, he shouldn't have won the race. Briscoe tried a slide job, took Reddick out, who he had. Reddick spun a complete 360, still almost made it to the line, but but Kyle just barely caught him. But uh, still not a huge fan of NASCAR being on dirt. But Why is that? 
it just it doesn't it seem right. I don't, I don't I don't know. I've been I grew up around dirt racing, so I've been around dirt racing my whole life. So I was around dirt racing before I was asphalt. Then my brother raced asphalt. My mother raced asphalt. And when I moved down to the South in North Carolina, I grew up around dirt, working on dirt track cars. But um, I don't know. It might just be me being old fashioned and not seeing NASCAR on dirt. So if they're going to do it once a year, I'm cool with. But uh, I hope they don't try to start making this dirt, dirt, dirt. You know what? Last year when it came out, I was pretty pumped for it. I was, I was there. Excited. You were there? Oh, yeah, you were there last year. Yeah, and I fell hit, asleep halfway through the race. A little too and many bugs. Logano, and we hit Logano Live last year. We did. We hit Logano Live. I didn't see it. I was there. Oh. didn't see it. <laughs> but this year, I was kind of like, eh. You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe it was on Easter. Yeah. Because historically, they don't, they don't race on Easter. And word on the street was there is a lot of drivers that were unhappy about having to race on Easter. On Easter, and I think a lot of guys don't like racing on dirt solely because you have a select few that grew up on dirt that mm-hmm. they know they can't compete with on dirt because they don't race dirt. Yeah. So I think a lot of NASCAR drivers are like, I don't want to race on dirt because they know there's four to six guys that consistently race on dirt that they just can't beat. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, Kyle walked into that win. Major props to him. Still don't like him, but the dude was and there. He was the one guy that probably bitched the most. He was the guy that bitched the most about having to race and he effing won. And then when he wins, he talks about, oh, it's Bristol because he has won there the most. I think it was, I couldn't even tell you how many times that he has won there. But the fact that he backs himself into a win. And then just says, "Oh, I love this dirt. I love." He, he just spun it completely opposite. Which Kyle Busch doing Kyle Busch things. I get it, but yeah. he's he's a douche. Like I'll I'll call it. Like yeah, he's a deep. He's a deep big. Yeah. Um. So now we're going to Talladega. You know, completely night and day, and we always say in Talladega, Daytona to tread lightly. You know what yeah. I mean? Because avoid the big one. Because you know that big one's going to be coming. Yeah. Um, and with that being said, let's pull up the odds. These odds are on DraftKings. And, you know, I never do anything like this. But they do have driver to win pole position. Ooh. I know it's something a little different. I never do any of this. Um. Like Blaney is the chalk at plus six hundred. If I, um, I, I'm not saying to bet on this because I'm not going to, but if I was going to bet a driver to get pole position, I'm doing a Hendricks car. We, okay. me and you, have talked about this for multiple years. Hendricks speed at super speedways is always there consistently. So it would either be a William Byron, a uh, Chase Elliott a Kyle Larson or an Alex Bowman. Okay. All right. Hendrick Um, speed's always good there. Always. So Bowman. Where's a Bowman? Now, if you notice, when I say Hendrick speed, Vegas knows something. Blaney's been fast all year. So, of course, they're going to put him at the top. But then your next three are all Hendricks. Larson, Bowman, Byron. 
Yeah. So I'm not even gonna. We're not even gonna bet that. Let's go to finishing position here. Blaney, the chalk at ten to one. We got Logano. You know, I'm not gonna be one of these guys that is going to be laying stuff like laying low odds on a race like this. I was hoping Brad would be a little bit higher than that uh, fourteen to one. But I'm seeing your boy here at Chase at fourteen to one. That's that's low for Talladega, but that's high for him. Agreed. Uh, I told you before we got on here. Fan favorite for me, of course. You guys know this for those of you that have been watching. I'm grabbing him at fourteen to one. He's leading the points and overall for consistency. He's due for a win. He is good here. He's won here. I'm going to grab him as my low guy on ROI because I think he, he's got to break through at some point. He will get his win. I don't think the first one will be a road course. I think it could be something like this. So my first pick is absolutely Chase Elliott at 14 to 1. Okay. All right. Um, anything else here that's tooting your fiddle? I'm, I'm shocked to see Bubba at 14 to 1. That's doesn't that seem low? It does, but he won last year in, in a rain delay. Yeah. So I think that's Vegas just pushing him up. So I'm not I'm not touching anybody else down there. The only reason I'm grabbing Chase is because he's been the most consistent driver this year without a win. That's it. Okay. So we're still going down, still going down, and we get to my first driver. I'm going Kurt Bush, you know, 25 to 1. He finished fourth here last year. The last 13 races here, he's got an average finish of 14. But more importantly, he finished races here. You know, he avoids the rack. He's only had a do not finish, I believe, twice. So he finishes it. So I want a guy that's going to avoid the quote-unquote big one and someone that's going to be around at the finish line. So at 25 to 1, you know, I'll I'll throw – I'll take a stab with Kurt Busch here. You're taking the stab with him. I'm just going to go up the chart just a little bit and grab Tyler Reddick at 20 to 1. He's been in every race. Yeah, He's another guy that's just due for one. He almost had it last week. He's feeling it. He is right there to be able to get his first cup career win. Nothing, no statistics, nothing from super speedways, except he's been consistently in it to win it every week. So I'm grabbing Tyler Reddick at 20 to 1 as my second. My second is right below Kurt Bush. Busher. Christopher Busher. Um, you know, he's just a con- consistent plate plate race driver. You know, three three top ten finishes at Daytona, three top ten finishes at Talladega. Yes, he won a race, but it was rain delay. But it's he's just another driver that consistently finishes that finishes races and is finishing in the top 10. So it just makes sense for me to take him when, when this race this weekend in my, in my eyes is a complete, like you're at a crap stable right now. You're shooting dice, you know, take a shot, see what can happen and just use the data you have because it's unlike different racetracks because there's such a high probability of a track crash. Agreed. Now, if we go scrolling just a little bit, keep going. Keep going. I need you to go a little bit further. There we go. Still rocking with my guy, 
The ROI is not as high this week, but sitting at 50 to one, Harrison Burton. Another now rookie. Think, go ahead, sorry. No, I was going to say a rookie that I said is going to get a win this year and get into the playoffs. Even if he wins this week, I'm betting on him every week. Harrison Burton, 50 to one. Now, do you feel that his odds are a little bit lower just because of he did do well at Daytona? At Daytona, he was doing well. Yeah, that's the only now, reason. And and Vegas knows. Vegas knows it's a crapshoot. That's yeah. why we talk every year. Do not put big money on one driver. This is yeah. the week that you don't do it. Restricted plate racing, you're going to have a big one. But I'm still going to rock Harrison Burton at 50 to 1. Now, you got a guy that's a little bit below him that you're also looking at, right? Um, Or above. Yeah, above him. I got Truex at 30 to 1 is trying to kind of talk to me. You it know is. what I mean? Like, I know he's kind of struggled in the last couple of races here. But when you got a driver of his quality at such a high ROI price, you know, look at this. When was the last time you saw him bunched together with Stenhouse Jr., Michael McDowell, and Austin Dillon? You haven't. You, you've never seen this before. Um, he was in, he's, been, he's been racing good. He was in a position to win a race a couple of weeks ago. At this ROI, with a, you have a championship driver, I feel you have to take a stab at, stab you at, do. at 30, 30 to 1. I'm absolutely on board with that true expect. Um, you know. You have to scroll. There, there's your guy. I see him right there. All right. So, for those of you that don't watch Xfinity, Noah Gregson has dominated all year. He is first in points in Xfinity. He's won a race in Xfinity. I believe he finished second, second, third, and third in the first four races this year. He's driving the 62 car this weekend. He's run a couple cup races, so he is familiar with the car. But at 100 to 1, my dark horse is Noah Gregson to win Talladega this weekend at 100 to 1. See, he's he was on my list, and the note I made was this. He's in um, – he's racing for – what bird motorsports okay which is a nobody but oh are you ready for this this team earned four top 10 finishes in 16 plate races okay and that is a 25 percent top 10 rate and for a small team that's amazing now grando is with a different driver but for a team to have a 25 percent top 10 Finish rate, that's pretty solid. If he avoids whatever wreck ends up happening, he's good. He's driving the Wendy's car this weekend. The car looks pretty dope. Um, His suit, make sure you guys see his suit before the race. He looks like literally a Wendy's waiter or waitress, which is comical for a driver's suit. His helmet's all red. Like It's really cool to see this team doing it and the way he's dominated Xfinity. He's going to run the full Xfinity race tomorrow, so he's going to have laps in. The car is different, but uh, Noah Gregson's my dark horse at 100 to 1. All right, so now let's shift up. Um, You know, top 10s really. I mean, top I – mean, this, this is the funny thing for me. <clears throat> in what world should Corey LaJoy be plus 250 for a top 10? 
I mean, the, the like honestly, right now, if you there is no value in these top hats. There's not, not at all. It, uh, weekly specials. Um, Bowman and Byron to both finish in the top five, 12 to one. That's not worth it for me. Cendric no. no. Reddick, top 10, 170. I can't touch these. I, I can't. With it being restrictor plate, I just can't do it. I just like now you had you had a head to head, right? I have a head to head. You've been on point with these head to heads all season. What's your one head to head? My head to head is this. We are going all the way down. Where is that bad boy? It's a dirty one. We're going Michael McDowell against Ricky Stenhouse Jr. McDowell. Now here's why. And I know people are like. Eric, you love Ricky. You always take him in the restrictor plate races. Wreck it, Ricky. Exactly. When was the last time he did anything in a restrictor plate race? 2017. It's been five years. It's literally been five years since he's done anything in a restrictor plate race. And I just think it's one of those things like, you know, sometimes in gambling, you get a, um, a narrative like a uh, West Coast team in NFL traveling to the East Coast playing at 1 p.m. Oh, you just got to fade them. Yeah. And in the reality of the situation is it does, it hits like 50% of the time. So there's no real value. That's like this, but worse. 100%. You know what I, you know what I mean? Like you named it. His name's, it, it's Wreck and Ricky. Wreck it, Ricky. You know, and I, I'll take McDowell, McDowell here. Um, there was one other one that kind of was like, it, it, was kind of speaking to me and it's a little dirty and it's the same thought process daniel suarez over justin haley i you know i get it but it's another thing like if haley doesn't win what do you win talladega or whatever in a range run race if he doesn't win that and doesn't have that on his on his resume here is the price the same no, it's not. Exactly. So there's value in the bet, me being a gambler. Yeah, there is. I mean, so th- like those are the two, like those are my four bets. My four bets are A, Haley. Oh, sorry. Suarez over Haley. Um, the other one was McDowell over Stenhouse. Kurt Bush, 25 to 1. Chris Busher, 25 to 1. Th- th- those are hey. only four bets in this race. I'm good. And I'll, I'll go with you on both those head-to-heads. And I'll keep my Chase, my Reddick, and Harrison. We said staying the way it is all year. And no wet, my dark horse. And that's it. Now there's one that's juicy, man. Boom. Featured matchup. Bubba Wallace against Denny Hamlin. No. No, <laughs> no, no. At only Man, minus no, 105 no, odds. This at is. Only, at only minus 105 odds. In what world should that be happening? This is DraftKings trying to get people that know nothing about NASCAR to be like, oh, my God, look at this. At minus 105, let's – no, no. See, that's funny because you know what? You can't bet Hamlet. No, you can't. So, no. 
Oh, so if that any, you make that. I'm not even gonna say it. No, just if you make that bet, you shouldn't be betting. I'll say it. And if you win the bet, then you're just you got a horse still, shoe so you far. You still shouldn't be betting. You got a horseshoe so far stuck up here. Yeah. Now, this is another thing. Look I'm not doing groups. These group bets aren't even worth anymore. No, they literally no. aren't even worth it. No. And it's kind of it's kind of sad because like now it kind of seems like where you and I were able to get like four to ones in a top 20 last year, you know, we're able to get group bets at plus 350, 400, 500. And we're supposed to get like, there'd be like, I felt like three tiers. There'd be like that tier one of like Bush, Truex, Elliot, Larson, that middle tier of like Bowman and crew. And then this year, not yeah. Now this year it's just like everyone's clocked together. There's absolutely zero effing value in the um the the bets with the excuse me the bets um the group bets. There's there only value in the head to heads. You know, yeah. it's just you, it makes you kind of rethink what you're doing. You know, so it's so just. I just got a weird alert. So apparently they're having a lot of issues with the cars going through tech. And the source says teams are concerned that the heat is impacting the body shape before they go through tech, that they are using umbrellas to shade the car before they go through tech. So keep an eye on how many people fail tech after qualifying and have to start in the rear. That shouldn't impact where they're going to finish, but it'll impact the value of the bet. The yeah, odds will drastically change. Which is pretty interesting. Yeah. But so. you know what? Honestly, like, I look at it like this. Unless Kurt Busch fails, he's still going to be 25 to 1. And yes. Now, if you're watching this live, guys like Chase or Tyler Reddick that are 14 or 20 to 1, Watch out for them because if they start in the rear, it will bump it to 18 to 1 to 24 yeah. to 1. So just keep your eye out on that. Yeah, it's just it's just one of those things, you know. I think 8 a.m. Eastern, that's when everything starts for the qualifying tomorrow. Yeah. You know, and then the race is the race sun race Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, excuse Sunday me. Sunday at three. So um, you know, Brandon, I would like to thank you for coming course you know always a pleasure you've been here week in and week out and you know what we're starting i'm starting to do more live stuff starting to come out on my show I like it so, i have to put myself together you have to keep warning me about this man every week you know when you come on we'll be live on youtube and twitch and then the audio version of the podcast will come out on friday night so you guys can you know see our beautiful faces live or on tape or you know, if you want to listen to us working out either or why don't you tell everyone a how your eye racing is doing and B when your next race is and see where to find you on social media. Next race is Thursday, I believe at Talladega uh, has not been going well, but we won't even focus on that. Boston boy 83 on Twitch, uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, all of the above. I'll be back on eye racing a lot more over the next couple weeks. But um, just give me a follow, guys. I would love it. And uh, hopefully we can cash some checks this week. Hey, man. You know what? We were due. We got robbed. Yeah. We were effing due. So we're going to get it back this week. We're going to keep on trucking. Uh, best. Hey, you know what? Congratulations to your Celtics. 
They're looking good. I really thought you're going to be rocking an old school Kevin McHale jersey, but uh, you know, a little disappointed. I'm in New Jersey. I looked up tickets for tomorrow night in Brooklyn. Still way out of my price range. I saw Simmons is not playing tomorrow, so I'm hoping the ticket sales may drop just a little. But um, you're talking 16 rows up, lower level, 700 bucks. I, I can't do it. 700 bones, man. Yeah, so I'm just going to hold off on that. If something just randomly comes up, cool. But looking to see my boys take a 3-0 lead, and I'll be very happy. And I I hear word on the street is uh, – isn't Williams coming back soon? He will play limited minutes tomorrow. Look at you, man. Look at you, dude. Limited minutes. Dude. All right, my man. Well, hey, best of luck in the race, and more importantly, best of luck to your Celtics, my Let's friend. make some money this week, guys. Come on. So that's it for today's show. Thanks for tuning in. Like, subscribe. Make sure you guys are watching the clips on YouTube. If you want to, just watch that. But if you guys could give me a like, give me a thumbs up on YouTube, like and subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts would be greatly appreciated. I would like to thank today's guest, my boy Sterling from Silver Star Sports, coming on talking NFL draft. My boy XFL Jim coming on and talking USFL and telling you what bets to play and what he thought of week one. And lastly, I'd like to thank my boy Brandon for coming on and talking a little NASCAR. Until next week, boys and girls, let's make some money.